0: and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 31, and it is called Moth Plus Hoover Equals Trouble. Uh, how are you all doing? I hope you are well. I am waving. Um, it is Wednesday, the 4th of July, as I record this. I was I've been trying to record since Sunday, but my noisy neighbour next door has been cutting wood with one of those very whiny saws, and um, because he's just at the back of here, you definitely would have heard it. Nobody needs that. You don't want to hear my neighbours whining whilst um, whilst I'm recording this episode. I hope you are all well. Um, I'm trying something a little bit different today. I'm actually standing up. um, You'll be able to see that if you're on YouTube but if you are listening then occasionally you might just hear me moving around a little bit and shuffling. It's just too flaming hot to be sat down and i figured if i'm sat up i've got a dress on i will be aerated and i will be much much happier and therefore much more positive about the heat of the day so and um, if you hear me shuffling about i also thought i might just keep my energy levels up a little bit more rather than being sat down for like a couple of hours so yeah apologies if i sway a little bit more or dance and um, this is how i normally work i have a stand-up desk so i'm usually like, <laughs> raving around my office with loud music on. So you're getting some of that in the podcast today. <laughs> um, I've got quite a lot for you, and so what I'm actually going to do is split down into two podcasts. We have done so much stuff in June, and July is looking like it's going to be exactly the same. So what I'm actually going to do is keep the standard format of the podcast, and there's going to be an, init- uh, an additional one that comes out hopefully at the same time, if not like a day later, which will be episode 32 and is called Summer Shenanigans. So if you're interested in my like stupid, crazy life um, and less of the kind of crafty content, that's what episode 32 is going to be, Summer Shenanigans. And in that I'll talk about more of the stuff that we've been doing. So like the Three Peaks Challenge and Wolfest, Fest, some of the other. So there's still like crafting intermingled through it um, but it just gives you a bit more detail of all the silly things that have been going on Um, so yeah it should be fun and I've got lots of nice photos to show you and you know anecdotes of nearly having to phone Mountain Rescue and stuff stuff like that that I want to tell you about but I don't really want to fill all of this podcast up with so if you're not interested in that you just get to listen to episode 31 and you can skip episode 32 and wait for episode 33 to come out right shall we just crack on with it starting out with old dog new tricks i suddenly had one of these let moments where you i was working on something and i thought why why am i not just making my life easier i don't i don't understand why i'm making my life more difficult i know that lots and lots of you hate weaving in ends absolutely hate it you'll leave it to the last I know of people that will actually leave projects to the side even though they're pretty much finished. They never get totally finished because they don't want to weave in ends. And you'll see later in the podcast and hear about it that I have been making lots and lots of crocheted bags and purses with a fair few ends to weave in, like quite a few. And um, I suddenly had this moment where I had two ends that were quite close together and I thought, I'm taking a lot of time weaving um, each of these individually and then I thought well if I get like a big enough needle then I can just it will fit two ends through and I can weave in two ends at once. So old dog new trick number one get yourself a bigger needle. This one is a size 14 it's a metal one and they're ones I sell as a pack in the shop and then you can also get the big plastic wool needles, um, which are h- really huge. They won't be suitable for all, all projects. Um, but the metal one, the size um, 14 one, is really good. It's uh, it, just, it just does the job. <laughs> and it saves you an awful lot of time. But, you know, I've been crafting for most of my lifetime. And at the ripe old age of nearly 41, I suddenly thought, why am I not just putting two strands together and speeding up my weaving in time. Now, some projects it might not work well on because um, it might lead it to being too thick on the wrong side and it might just be a bit bulky. But for for something like a blanket, where you are most likely going to have loads of ends to weave in, go for it, I would say. Minimize your time, make your life easier. So that's um, number one. Number two... Whilst this is funny, it also has a very serious note um, and it's why the episode is called what the episode is called. We've always had a few moths that come in in our living room and I've always put it down to the fact that our um, when we line dry our clothes or when we've done anything with our clothes before they get ironed, they live in the living room in our washing basket. It sounds like a weird place, but it works for our household. Matthew always does ironing in the living room because we sit and watch movies together. So that's where the clothes live. So I've always put the moths, the clothes moths that come into our house down to the fact that they probably get onto our clothes when we lie and dry them. And um, we haven't been in the living room for weeks because it's just been too hot and we've been sitting outside every evening. And I finally went in there and we had lots of moths. And when I looked them up, they weren't clothes moths, they were carpet moths. And when I saw the area that they were in, they have basically decimated a corner of our living room carpet. I mean, it's not a huge area, but the carpet is bald. So I've done a load of research on it um, and I've added links into the show notes. On how to deal with clothes moths and um, carpet moths as well moths in general the problem is even if you've got carpet moths they will still munch on all of your fabrics so you really have to take them um, seriously It like they will decimate your stash if you've got a stash the size of mine my, my stash is well curated and it's worth a lot of money it's actually named on our house insurance as a high value item um, so I don't want moths getting in there and thankfully they're not but I have seen moths in yarn shops I have seen moths on hanks of yarn that I've been given previously if you go and get wool and yarn from let's say a festival that is held in a cattle market then there's no way that you as a vendor can prevent moths from getting to that wool or yarn so a lot of the information is about how to deal with it but every time you get a skein of yarn I would also suggest um, checking through it for larvae, for eggs and for any mo- dead moths that are in there as an indicator. And honestly take it seriously because they're really hard to get rid of. And um, I'm going in and out of our living room probably 20 times a day keeping all the doors shut so it's like a hot box in there. Um, and basically going in with the hoover to try and suck them all up and cleaning down the areas. And they will go and hibernate in the most inconvenient places. They like little dark, quiet corners. And that's where you need to be looking for them. If you see one, um, their life cycle and their breeding cycle is so quick that if you see one, there's the potential for that to then lead to another 50 and for those 50 to be times 50. So it's really something to get on top of quickly. If you're really concerned about this, then the best thing you can do is before you even bring the, any new yarn or wool into your home, put it into a Ziploc bag and put it in your freezer for forty hours. That will kill off anything that was potentially on there if you're really paranoid about this. I haven't been to date. It's something that I've always been wary of. I am now super paranoid because I do not want those little fabric munching beasts anywhere near my stash or anything else you know we've got some really lovely um, materials in our house we've got velvet curtains in our living room beautiful linen sofas pure wool carpet i don't want to come in and have a bald carpet one day so yeah there's lots of advice in the show notes. Go and have a look at that if it's something that you are concerned about. But apparently moth um, numbers are going um, up and up and up year on year according to um, some of the information that I was reading. So even if it hasn't been a problem to you, for you to date, it's a real potential problem in the future. And why is a moth and a hoover trouble? Let me set the scene. So I am in the living room and I am trying to suck up this little moth and I've got the Hoover nozzle and I lost sight of him and let the Hoover nozzle dangle and it sucked my boob. (laughs) had the hoover nozzle attached to my boob and I'm going ow 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 ow." and Matthew's just stood there laughing his backside off weren't we not turning the hoover off but just laughing at me as I have got like half of my breast sucked into the hoover I basically gave myself a hoover hickey um, whilst I was trying to deal with moths so moth plus hoover equals trouble and danger don't do it please be hoover aware (laughs) <laughs> but do like in all seriousness do look out for um the moths because you just you do don't want them anywhere near your home um so yeah I'm on proper moth watch at the moment. Let's look at the cows We have had loads of really amazing entries into the finished objects for the um, for the summer top cows Lots of you are still ongoing and as I said I'm recording on the 4th of July. The cal doesn't end until the 22nd of July so there's loads and loads of time left and the top that I did which I'll show you in Final Destination actually took me f- um, fewer than 10 hours. So it's something if you get the right pattern it's something you can actually whiz through really quite quickly. Um. But we, yeah we've had loads and loads of great um, entries in and, uh, you know, loads of stuff on the on the Ravelry threads and in Instagram. And every time somebody has introduced a new pattern, I've automatically put it into the bundle within the Crochet Circle podcast group. So if you were to go to forums on Ravelry and then go into the Crochet Circle group, the top tab for that, on the right-hand side you'll see a bundle And in that, there's the summer top cowl bundle, loads of really amazing patterns in there, you know, all types, all colours, all different um, levels of complexity. So even if you've never done a top before, I would say go and have a look at the ones that are available. And I deliberately chose one as my first one, which was like the easiest construction going so if you're looking for a good first-time garment, take a look at the summer road trip top that I will be um, showing off in a little bit. So, um, a few other bits and pieces that I wanted to say under the calm, then I'll show you what the prizes are. Um, one of our Crochet Clan members, Sharon, has actually designed her own top. And it's called the no Mimosa Kimono. Um, It's available on Ravelry and she's such a sweetie that she has actually given us a discount code for anybody that wants to buy it on Ravelry. All you need to do is type in Summer Top Cal, all in capital letters, um, and that will be valid until the end of July. Um, And then also we've got one that's available to win for the podcast. So if you would like a chance to win... Sharon's gorgeous top then all you need to do is leave a comment below in YouTube or go to Podbean and leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes for episode 31 and you will be in with a chance for winning and I'll draw that at the end of July so that you've still got time to make it as a summer top. There's a top that I've made which everybody always asks me where it is and they can't get hold of the pattern it's called the Liala top and it's by Rowan And finally, finally got them to upload it onto their website through the power of positive pestering, basically. Um, Never been rude to them, but I've tried every which way to get them to upload this pattern because I get asked for it all the time. And um, finally Rowan have put it up there. So if you wanted to make the Leala top, which is the one on the graphic for the summer top cal, the gorgeous mustard coloured one, then that is now available it's a free pattern it's by Marie Wallen and it's available on Ravelry and also if you are signed up to the Rowan website you can now get it thankfully um, so yeah thank you for that Rowan because I think it's been I think it's been about a year that I've been trying to get that pattern up on the website so pleased that it's finally there right would you like to know what the prizes are for the designer Carl? Um, There are two prizes and what I'm going to do is take all of the numbers from the Ravelry FO thread and from the Instagram FO thread and I will combine the two so as I've said if you want to try and get a double entry then pop it in both threads that's absolutely fine with me. Um, Somebody asked whether a dress was okay, yes. Somebody asked if knitting is okay. Yes, I am not here to police you and stop you crafting. And I also don't care if you had something that was 99% finished and you just had 1% to go. You still made it and you can still enter it into the summer top, cal. This is just all about a shared experience and showing off your skills and showing off different patterns. I'm not here to like be very specific and say you have to do this, this, this and this. Nah, whatever. Just happy to see you all crafting. So, get your F.O.'s in. There's a thread on Ravelry and as I said if you're doing a finished object and showing it off on Instagram then you have to use hashtag summer top fo um, because I'm not going to troll through all of the summer top hashtags because then I don't know what's an fo and um, what isn't. So you have to use a separate hashtag for it. So the prizes are, um, prize one is... 300 grams of Eric Knight's Gossy Cotton. And I've got various colours of this available. So whoever wins it, I can probably offer you up some different colour combinations. But 300 grams of this DK is enough to make a really decent um, summer top. So um, whoever wins, I will be in touch with you and I can offer you up some different um, colour combinations. This is my favourite cotton to work with. It's so soft, it doesn't hurt your hands and I should know because I have literally been crocheting with it for the last three weeks pretty much nothing else and it's my hands are absolutely fine and yet I've crocheted with other cottons for kind of half an hour and an hour and my hands have been pretty much ripped to shreds with it so I really love this cotton, it's nice and kind Um, so 300 grams of that a Notebook from Liberty. I thought these were beautiful. Um, Really, my kind of autumn colours. I was drawn to them, so the two different prizes would win each of them, one of those each. And also, lovely Lisa, who is um, also a Crochet Clan member, which I will explain in a minute, has sent in some stitch markers, um, two sets for um, prizes as well. Now, Lisa is um, interested in setting up her own stitch marker company, but she wants to make sure that, um, if possible, she can uh, find fastenings that are ethical, stroke sustainable. So she is hoping to have a little sideline business in that, but not until she can sort out the provenance of her um, products, which, you know, I am 100% behind that. And the... The other part of the second prize is an amazing leather hook case from New Sherman. Now you've probably seen my, I've got a brown leather bag in this um, same leather by New which is I use as my sock bag. And this is just amazing, the leather is absolutely um, gorgeous on it. So that will fit all of your um, crochet hooks. And it's really beautifully made. Um, New is currently on maternity leave, but her shop should be back up and running in September time. Um, so keep a lookout because her bags are just gorgeous. And she gave us this a while ago. And I thought I would hold it back for a prize until we got closer to her being back off maternity leave. Um, so, yeah. There are the prizes for the, um, for the cow lots of nice bits and pieces and i said i would come back and tell you what the crochet clan is basically the clan is you guys um it's all of the people that interact with the podcast that come back month after month it was a term that was coined at edinburgh yarn festival this year for all of the people that were there but as far as i'm concerned the crochet clan is it's all of you it's um you know this special bunch of people that interact and engage and are as passionate about crochet as I am. So when I refer to crochet clan members, it includes you. <laughs> so one of the bits that I also need to update you on with the Cal is very 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 exciting. Um, basically, if I go quiet on Instagram, usually it's because I'm like feverishly busy. And that has been my month of June for many, many reasons. Um, But one of the things that I've been working on in the background is the Loft Along. um, Interestingly, um, I was asked yesterday on Instagram when the Loft Along was um, happening and if it was happening. And it is and it starts on Friday the 13th ominous. Um, yeah, it starts on Friday the 13th and it's in conjunction with the team at John Arban Textiles. So, um, Sonia and I have been working away on what the parameters for the CAL are. She and I take CALs in a very similar vein, which is it's not to exclude people, it is to include people. So what we've done is created a couple of hashtags. There's one for your whips as you're showing off the work in progress which is hashtag loftalong. And then like the um, the summer top cal, there's one that is for finished objects which is hashtag loftalong FO. <laughs> of course. Um, and basically you can either do the knitted or the crocheted loft. Both are now up on Ravelry. I put the knitted one up a couple of weeks back. Um, so you can now do them. And for all of you people that have actually already done your loft, you can enter them into the FO on Instagram or on the German Arban Textiles Ravelry group as well. They will have a thread specifically for the loft along. Um, so you can enter that. If you have already done your, your loft, get it in. Um, it still counts. And I'll tell you about prizes in a moment. If you haven't done your loft and you were thinking about doing it and you were interested in using the same yarn that I've used which was the John Arbin Knit By Numbers then there is a 10% discount code on that and all you need to do is go to the um, go to their website pick the three skeins that you want the discount code will work on three skeins of their Knit By Numbers 4ply and you type in the discount code button LOFT ALONG 2018 um, all in capitals 2018 as it's as it's meant to be um and that is live until the end of august so even if you've got loads of other stuff stacked out but you still want to do a loft and you wanted to do it in knit by numbers and maybe you're like Joe and you don't buy yarn until you know you actually need it weird premise um but if that's what you do then you, you've got until the end of august to still use that 10 percent discount code and you will also get a um, project bag with it as well it's a nice little bundle um and the skeins are only 13 pounds for the 100 grams anyway i know that mounts up when it's three of them that you need but actually i already feel like the knit by numbers is really good value for money um for what it is it's so beautiful to work with um so yeah loft along starts on the 13th and it runs until the end of august get your FOs if you've already got them if you've already got a whip th- again if it's 99 done i don't care you've done a loft you get to enter into the um the competition so the way that we split it down is that there will be yarny prizes from Team Arben. um, For anyone that has made a knitted or a crocheted loft using the knit by numbers, we'll um, choose a, a winner at the end of the cal for that. And if anybody has made a loft which isn't using John Arben's knit by numbers, then they will win one of my Tweedy project bags. And what I will actually do is a bespoke one for you so it's a medium size that you will get and what I will do is kind of filter down what your favourite colours are what kind of colours you want for the tweed Um, and out of all of the stock that I've got you get to choose the tweed that you want and then you also get to choose the canvas colour that we've got so that is a real bespoke item it's going to take a few weeks to get them made because it's summer holidays and you know Martine can't work that quickly and nor can I but you would have your own bespoke and I will make sure it's a one-off and that colourway is never done again. So you will have an absolute original medium-sized tweed bag um, from Knit It, Hook It, Craft It. And then we will also do some pattern prizes as well. So that's what you get if you aren't using um, John Arban, um <laughs> yarns and wools for your loft. And if you are, then you are in the running for um a load of wool to make another shawl. I'm really excited about this. Um and I'm I'm not running it through the Crochet Circle podcast, so although I'll give you an update here, it's all been run through um their Ravelry group page and also through my FadeH designs Instagram page because it's me um doing it as the designer rather than as the Crochet Circle podcast. But I'll give you little updates and let you know how it's all going. But I thought you would You'd want to know about it because, because hashtag Loftalong, it's a thing. (sighs) I'm literally so excited about it. Moving on to final destinations, I have got some FOs. And I'm actually modeling one of them, which is my summer road trip top. And it's by a designer called Craftling. So this is one that I was discussing earlier, it's the first one that I've done for the F.O. And, oh my word, it could not be easier. Okay, so you've never done a garment before. This is literally two straight panels, 35 rows, using a 5mm hook. It takes no time at all, and because all you're doing is seaming up two little bits on the shoulders, and down the side of each, you can decide how deep your armholes go. And whether you like more or less space, and how wide you want the neckline to be, this could not be an easier first garment if you are looking for one. I think it cost three pounds fifty on Ravelry. I've linked to it in the um, show notes, and I've put up a profile page for it. Sorry, a project page for it on Ravelry, um, and I've given all of the um, the size details that I did. I'm a size 14 on my top, a UK 14, and this is a really nice fit for me. I like it a lot. I mean, I'm just going to stand back a bit for those that are viewing, you can see it. You can make it as long as you want because it's just a panel, so you can really control it. Um, It's, like I say, it's a great first garment, this took me um, less than 10 hours to make. You couldn't want for more, but it's... Even though it's a cotton linen mix, it's just too hot. It's very warm today, so I'm going to take it back off. Um, There are photos of it up on Ravelry as well. Uh, It took just 280 grams of Rowan Creative Linen, which is a DK weight. It is 50% cotton, 50% linen, and it is a really standard DK. I think it's 100 grams is 200 meters. Um, and I did it in the colour way, which is called teal. This is still um, available to buy, although it was one of my little gorgeous moments in that John Lewis sale. Um, So I've used three of them and I actually only paid a pound for each of of the skeins. So my lovely um, road trip top took 280 grams and it cost me the sum total of £3, which is a bit of a bargain. Um, yeah I really enjoyed working with the creative linen Um, it was nice and even it didn't split and it was nice and cool to work with as well in the heat of the summer Um, I would definitely look to work with this again I originally swatched up to do this top in a 100% linen quite a dark (coughs) green colour I can show you (coughs) and I just didn't like it Uh, again this is stuff that I got in my organist john lewis one pound thing but the i felt that like the linen just didn't have enough give to it when i washed and blocked the um swatch it grew a little bit um, not as much as other linens have done with me but i just i didn't like it and i know linen softens up and eventually it would have been a different type of material but um i just much preferred the way that the creative linen worked up with the swatch <clears throat> so i think the linen that I do have is destined to become market bags and totes and bits and pieces like that um, but happily make more tops and stuff with their own creative linen. So if you come across it, have a squish of it. It's got some really lovely colours in the range um, but it works really well for crochet. I liked a lot. Second final destination, I can't show you but I've added a photo into the show notes. And also, I'll pop one up here, was the pair of socks I was doing for Lewis. (laughs) When we did the Three Peaks Challenge, which we did um, mid-June, I'd promised Lewis a pair of socks. And so when we left at seven in the morning on the Saturday to get up to Ben Nevis and Matthew did the first... I think it was hour and a half's worth of driving, he got us up to TB so that I could finish off Lewis's socks and then pass them over to him so he could wear a pair of um, hand-knitted socks when he was up um, one or two of the mountains. So he's a convert. Um, I got him to try, try one on when I'd finished the first one and the face on him, it lit up when he put it on and he felt the difference. He, he He's like... He's craft-worthy and also he was an immediate yes please I will have more of these, they're amazing. Which is nice, you know. He's 20 and I've got a 20 year old into handmade socks. Very pleased about that. Um, Wasn't so keen on the wool for that. It's Regia 4-ply, which is 75% wool, 25% polyamide. 50 grams is 210 meters. and I love the color, it's got a dark denim color. I like that a lot. But it's a bit splitty and it's a bit unforgiving as well as a sock wool. I've crocheted with it previously. I'm not sure I would do it again. Um, I think there are other sock wools that I much prefer. So as soon as I've worked through that my stash, I don't think I'll be buying any more Regia 4-ply. And then my final one, my final, final destination... Is my stole brush shawl which i have popped a project up on ravelry for and actually i've called it my three peaks stole shawl because it has um, three different skeins all in a slightly different color they were all naturally dyed and i think i was saying in the last podcast i didn't know if i would want to add this much Darker um, grey colour into it, which is the one that's dyed with oak gall but Actually, I love it. I'm so pleased I added it and I'm so pleased I didn't just do it as a little trim at the bottom I've added pretty much all of that skein into it and it's just Totally changed the piece for me. So I was saying I might over dye it I'm not so sure about the colors and by adding this much darker grey into it. It really changes it up so it goes from quite a light grayish fawny brown colour um, into a slightly darker brown colour and then into this really lovely dark charcoal grey. And uh, yeah, I really like the finished piece. I love the construction of this shawl from moment one. I love the way that it goes at two different angles but it's actually just all set up in one row. Um, I think, yeah, clever. You're a clever little sausage, Sarah Hazel. Um, really like the fact that it's a big 3 skeiner which is something that I'm loving at the moment. Because of the way that I wear my shawls, I like to have a, a lot of shawl about my person. I've got a few one skein shawls, and I don't mind making them, because I love that quick hit of having a finished object. But actually, I really like having something that I can... Bedding my face into. And really kind of live in. Um, and I know lots of you guys. Don't like big big shawls. But I just find them to be really versatile. And where you live in a colder climate. Then they are. Pretty much ideal. But it is a whopper of a shawl. Um, and I yeah. I've really enjoyed doing it. But. At the same time. I'm pleased to move on to another project and be enthused by another project. Um, I've just had lots of big projects on the go so it's nice to finally see them coming off the hook and um, being able to move on to new ones. But this was the project that I was working on right the way through the Three Peaks Challenge. So when the guys were up mountains I was either trying to sleep in the back of the car, <laughs> that didn't really work, or I was crocheting on this bad boy. So I actually, I didn't think I would have it finished for this podcast. But I clearly had lots of time at the base of mountains. Um, so it got done. The yarn that I used was a skinny single merino. And what that means is that it's a single ply wool. And it doesn't have a really high twist on it. And some before I started using this um, type of wool... I didn't ever think it would be that good for crocheting or for knitting with, and I was converted the minute I started um going with it. It doesn't split. It works really nicely. You get um, if you dye it, because there's not a massive twist on it. It takes the dye beautifully, and you get um darker areas and lighter areas, and it just it kind of reflects light differently. So. If you ever see any in a local yarn shop or online and you're not quite sure about how a skinny single um, merino would work. You also can get skinny singles in things like Corridale and other breeds. I would say give it a go. Don't be afraid of it. Um, It's not going to split on you and it's not friable so it's not going to pull apart. But it does just offer a completely different um, type of uh, a finished fabric. I really like the stitch definition that you get with it. I think it's lovely. It's kind of plump and luscious and I know that once you washed and blocked it, it plumps up again. And um, so you might want to swatch it and just check your um, needle and gauge size and your hook size on it if you use it. But yeah, give it a whirl. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm going to move on to en route. I just want to be starting all of the projects at the moment and I'm really having to stop myself. Um, In the last month and a half I've had so many different projects on the go um, that it's really kind of muddied my mind and what I've realised is I need to go back to my principles of having fewer projects on the go and getting through them more quickly and being not quite monogamous because I find that boring um, but somewhere in between those two numbers so that I'm still doing knitting and crocheting. But also I've got just enough projects on the go. With just enough interest. So although I want to be crocheting all of the things. And I've got very firm ideas for what I want to crochet. For the um, crochet cakes and crochet Luna um, summer summer cal. Um, which is bad boys and bad girls. I am having to stop myself. So I've got... Um, yeah, I've got ideas of stuff that I want to do for that. I've even, the other weekend, wound up my wool for the bad boy. I'm doing Loki, obviously, and it's green wool, and it's amazing, and it came from River Rivernets. But, I have put it to one side, and I am not allowed to touch it until I have finished the project that I'm already working on. Because it's a bit of a big project, and it's for the summer top and um, crochet along. I am doing the Verity Crochet Vest, which is by Dawn at the Almond Snug. It's a paid-for pattern on Ravelry, and it's £3.75, and it's a really detailed pattern. It's got nine pages, well worth £3.75 of your money. Um, I saw this because Anna, who is the Crochet Ninja on Instagram, popped up a picture of hers, and it was an immediate that is going on my queue, that is the next one, once I'd finished the summer road trip one, that is the next top that I am making, and I had other ones queued up, ready to go. This one got bumped up to the top of it. It's got a really interesting construction, in and you start at the V, which is from your shoulders down, and you work it down, and then you um, do the same on the back panel, And then you end up joining the two panels together. And if you want to, you can pop a contrast colour into there as well, which is what I'm going to do. So I am just at the point where I have finished um, the first panel. So it looks a bit like a big bib at the moment. And then I've just started the second panel. And when I get that to the same size, that's when I will join it up. And I'm doing this with a 3.5mm hook. And the yarn that I'm using, the pattern actually calls for more of a sport weight. I think it's about 350 metres per 100 grams. Which, um, when I went to my stash, I only had three skeins of in all of my stash. And luckily, (laughs) this is divine, it really is. Two of them were the same colour. Um, And this is Aruncania Ranko, which I've used before, I used it in my mist Kingfisher shawl and really enjoyed it. Sorry, I'm paranoid. I saw something flying there and thought it was a moth. I don't think it was. I have just come in from the kitchen and I went on moth watch again in the living room. It will not survive in my house or my office. So sorry, two of them were Aruncania um, Rancoe in the same colourway. And then the other one that I had complements it beautifully and is less variegated and that's exactly what I needed for the pattern. So the two skeins that I've got the same are uh, tealy blue going from kind of mid um, tealy blue through to a much darker colour. So it gives... Um, the variegation comes out as quite um, mottled within the pattern and then that I'm pairing that off with a kind of minty green but it's on the blue side of minty. Um so quite and quite a lot lighter. And I just think this will look absolutely beautiful. But what I might do is where the pattern um gets you to do the the main color at the bottom for the kind of ribbed area I might just keep that as my minty green because I think the mottling in a ribbed area might just not look that good but it might look better as a continuation with the minty we'll see, I, I'll i be able to play with it frickin' as a moth come here are you a moth or are you a fly? it's a fly, I told you moths were trouble it's a fly oh, I am really paranoid about having anything <laughs> anything in my office and house that's going to eat my stash my beautiful curated stash how dare it so um, yeah this is a really quick project to do as well and I'm really enjoying it Um, have a look at the project pages on Ravelry, I haven't started one up for this yet um, but I will do certainly by the time the next podcast is on I'll have written up the details and let's face it it will be a finished object by then because The cal deadline is the 22nd of July. So I'd better get my finger out and get cracking with this. Um, The yarn is really nice. It says 75% wool, 25% polyamide mix. And it is 344 metres per 100 grams. So I was only, I think, 6 metres out for what the pattern called for. And frankly, I think I'm going to have quite a bit left anyway. So um, if I can, I may even have the option of just doing it all in one colour. We'll, We'll see. Um yeah, really enjoying it. Lovely laid-out pattern. Um I was speaking with Anna yesterday and she was saying she would she just she'd started working on another top, um, she's not happy with it and she wished that she'd just used that yarn and made a second um Verité crochet vest because she'd have been happier with it. So you know this is somebody who's made it once. And would happily go ahead and make it again. Because it's that good a top. Have a a look at um, Anna's page on Ravelry. And check her out on Instagram. Um, She popped it up there. And she is the Crochet Ninja on Instagram. So that. Is my only. En route. Um, If you are going to watch. Episode 32. Shama shenanigans. Shama shenanigans. Apparently, I'm Sean Connery. It might be, I might have had too much coffee. Um, If you're going to watch episode 32, Summer Shenanigans, um, then I'll show you the the socks that I'm working on at the moment. They're knitted socks. So I'll show them um, in the podcast next time as a finished object. And hopefully the pattern will be going live. Uh, But if you want to see them, they'll be in episode 32. So it's been a busy old month with Designs in Progress. I have created a collection of purses and bags which I was putting the finishing touches to the pattern last night so by the time you're watching and listening to this podcast it will actually be live. (laughs) Um, And the premise is that it's my birthday bag pattern for this year. So... um, What I did was came up with one central striped theme and then I've applied it up and down the size ranges. So you can do a tiny little coin purse, which is enough to fit a little bit of cash and your credit, debit, oyster card type things. And this is also your tension swatch. So you don't just have a swatch of cotton. You can actually make something useful out of it. Then it moves up to... festival purse which has been sized to take your phone um, a little bit of makeup anything that you need which would just be enough to keep you going for something like a festival i've put a little handle on it and i even added a tassel because i thought people going to festivals quite often get quite intoxicated and a little zip might be a bit difficult for them but if you add a tassel to it then they'll be able to open a zip-up with a tassel. Then it moves up to the clutch um size, which, again, is size, really decent um day size and will take things like your sunglasses, a bit more stuff. But I, I would use this if I was heading out for a kind of relaxed dinner as well. I think it's... Uh, I really love it, actually. This is probably... My favourite of all of the purses, not because of the size of it, but because of the colours. So it's this kind of buff brown, a burnt orange and um, kind of mid-muted, um, almost like a royal blue. I just love this colour combination and you know what, when I was crocheting them, when I saw them balled up together, I really loved them together. Then I started crocheting them and I hated them together. And then when I'd seamed it up and finished the purse off, I loved it again. And I just, this is my favourite colour combination. And yeah, it was a happy accident that those um, colours came together in the first place. So they are all of the purses. And the coin purse also comes in a different slight variation. If you want to swatch on something that's a little more um, tasking and it's like a little striped. I've done it in B colours because I'm B obsessed. And then it moves on to a handbag size, which I love. Um, And again, you just choose the three colors that you want. It's a DK cotton. So 50 grams is 100 meters, 109 yards. And you just use whatever your favorite colors are. Um, I've used a kind of golden mustard, a cream, and a kind of steely bluey gray color. And what I do within the pattern is show you, how to do the handle holes if you want to use O-bag handles and also how to do strap handles if you're likely to add in your own. So what I've done is added into the laptop size bag um, the gorgeous brown leather handles that I um, got from New Sherman who did the little Cal Prize, um zip hook case. And so these are just slit handle holes and you get both instructions for both size bags within the pattern so it's a 12 page pattern it's been a hell of a lot of work to get it to this and to this point but I'm so pleased with it Um, and the laptop bag easily fits like a macbook pro it fits my new laptop which is a bit bigger again um, and they are the lines the bags are lined if you want to but if you don't want to do that kind of handle and you want to do a sewn-on handle, you can do that as well. Or, I was playing around the other day, and I did... Um, I used some of the gossiping cotton from Knight to macrame up some handles, and that worked really nicely. So you just do a lark's head knot, and then I was just doing the square knot, um, which gives you a nice, flattish fabric. It doesn't twist, it doesn't spiral. Um, and it's a great way of using up some of your cotton, and also having something that um, matches in with your bag as well. So, yeah, I was really quite impressed with the way that handle came out and you would just have to sew the two bits together. But that way you could do it as short handles. It would be very easy for you to define what size handle you want. The other thing that might be an idea is to use upholstery rope. Um, You usually find that haberdashery stores will sell cord or rope And that is perfect for handles because you just thread it through, tie a knot on the inside on both sides of the strap. If voila, you have handles for your crocheted bags and it doesn't cost a lot of money and its minimum effort, but it looks really good. And if they get grubby, you can just cheaply and effectively change it out and put some new rope handles in there. I'm so tough. Love the laptop bag, love the pink and green and blue together. I'm really proud of this little collection. Like I say, it's been a lot of hard work, but I'm finally there. So, if you want to get your hands on this, it will normally be £7.50 on Ravelry, but because it's my birthday bag, it is free of charge. And um, basically, all you need to go to is go to Ravelry, click on the pattern, and when you get to the um, checkout, just type in all capitals, birthday and that is your code for getting the Sjallica collection for free. Within that what you'll get is 12 pages of patterns with photo tutorials on there as well. It gives you exactly how much cotton you will need for each bag so you can see whether you've already got stuff in your stash that will work or if you're going to buy um, cotton that you want to work with you'll know how much of that you need to get. And it also has a link to a YouTube tutorial. Now this is a monster tutorial. It's an hour and a half long. But what I've done is time stamped it. So if you only need to know how you're going to work up the handles on the bags. There's a time stamp for that. If you only need to know how you're going to attach the lining into the bags. There's a time stamp for that. So you don't have to watch an hour and a half's worth of tutorial. But you've got access to the bit that you might need help with. Uh, and in particular, there's um, quite a full on bit there about how to manage your yarn. I've done a lot of work in the last kind of two and a half, three weeks on the best ways to do yarn management when you're working in Tarzia Crochet. In And I think I've cracked it. I think I've got like, the best possible solution for it. So there's a, a nice section on that and also one on the three essential steps of doing intarsia crochet because there are three things that you have to remember and it's all in that video. So what I would say is even if you're unlikely to make these bags and it's just not your style or you think you might but you're not sure, go to Ravelry and download it anyway because if at some point you want to do intarsia crochet in the future the only way that you can get to that tutorial through the pattern it's a private link on YouTube so you only get to it if you've got the pattern so you may as well download it have it in your arsenal and then you've got it if you need it in the future if you're not on Ravelry I will also be running this as a free pattern through my design Instagram account so if you want the pattern but you don't want to have to get it from Ravelry then details of that will be coming out on the 10th of July on Instagram. Um, and basically what you need to do is sign up to my newsletter and then in doing that you get a newsletter that will come out and tell you um, how you can get the pattern. It's most likely going to be done through like a Google Docs link and you'll be able to pick it up from there. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be a free download between the 6th of July and the 13th of July, so i I'll um, knock that off of Ravel t- Ravelry on the 13th at 12 o'clock British Summertime. And same with the um, the Instagram one. That will be live from the 10th till midnight on the um, 13th if you are going to take that route instead. But I rather feel like I have done Intarsia crochet now. I feel like I have learned all there is to learn and mastered new techniques and kind of gone into more depth than I've ever been able to find on it um, online especially when it comes to the yarn management side of things so I feel like I've definitely mastered that technique now and what I tend to do and it must be really obvious through my designs and the things that I work on I get into something and then I have to know everything about it until I hit the bottom of the hole and then I just find a new rabbit hole to peer down and get lost in and the next ones I'm most likely to be working on are tapestry crochet, um, because I've just got ideas are popping um, on that, and also um, slip stitch crochet to create surface designs. So they're the two threads of new designs that you're most likely going to find coming from me over the coming months, I would have thought. Yeah. But the colour work, just, I love doing. It's very satisfying to see designs coming together through colour rather than just through shape and form. I had a very hungry rabbit that needed a lot of feeding. Um, I'd completely forgotten. Well, I hadn't forgotten. I knew my dad was bringing me stuff back from Iceland, but I'd just forgotten how much he was bringing me back. So... Um, one of the things I've been asking him to track down for me for quite some time is this really special um, yarn, well it's wool, and it's by a one-woman operation, it's Hespa and she uses natural dyes on the and anband wool, so it's 100% Icelandic wool but she then uses natural dyes. So it might be stuff that she's found in nature in Iceland. Or it might be things that she's growing. And um, that's what she does. So I have a kind of golden orange one, Which has been dyed with uh, a lichen. Um, I think one one of its cotton names is... Cotton? One of its common names is Crottle. <laughs> uh, but it's really... It is like a a flame orange colour in parts and going much lighter. And I like the fact that it's still quite variegated, even though it's naturally dyed. The other one that I got is um, dyed with madder and rhubarb. And it's again, it's variegated and it's a deeper orange colour with an almost bluey grey to it as well. Really quite an unusual colour. And these were picked by my dad. He got to choose whichever colours he could find in the um, Hand Knitting Association of Iceland shop in Reykjavik. And the third one he found is um, dyed with rhubarb root and indigo. And it is a deep, deep blue, almost like a midnight blue, with little flecks of a kind of yellow in there and I love it so I think I'm going to pair some of them up together Um, I have 100 grams of each and I don't want to put all three into one project I spoke to him the other night he's going back to Iceland in uh, in November so I'm going to have to get on it because the bit that I'd forgotten was that he was also bringing me back a jumper's quantities worth of um and so I chose really autumnal colours. So a kind of dark forest green, a burnt burnt orange, and a more acidic green tone to go with a mid-green, uh, mid-grey colour. I love them together, absolutely love them together, but I'd completely forgotten. Which is really naughty. Um so yeah, I'm gonna have to get cracking because frankly I'm going to want him to bring more it back. In November for me which really means that I have to have used up the first load that he brought me but these are going to be another colorwork sweater that I want to work on um, so I can't remember what it's called but I already chose it when I put my order in with him I feel a bit bad and then I went to Woolfest and um, if you want to know a bit more about Woolfest that will be in episode 32 um, and I'm, I had the pleasure of meeting up with some other podcasters there so I met up with Zoe, who's 24 Carat, and um, Claire, who is YouTube's Bob Wilson um, and also with Catherine from Crafternoon Treats and we sat and had lunch together and that was really nice and then I met up with um, Sharon as of Mimosa Pattern fame and my friend Jill and we had a brew together as well it was a really lovely day But once again, I feel like I didn't get to take in everything that was um, impossible to take in in the show because it was a bit of a rush. We were heading up to Scotland afterwards for a party. So, yeah, um, I took in quite a lot, though, and I still managed to buy some stuff, obviously. Um, So one of the things that I bought at Woolfest came from Blacker, and it's Blacker's Leoness. Because I'd enjoyed working with the Rowan cotton linen mix so much on my summer top, I really wanted to squish this before I decided to go ahead and buy it. And it is lovely and I felt some of the samples as well and it softens up and it's just really beautiful and it has this gorgeous sheen to it because of the linen, I think. Um, And so what I did was got enough for a little kind of shawl cowl thing And it's two mid-grey colours, which is the shade Onyx, and a kind of citrine green colour, which amazingly is called citrine. (laughs) Who knew? Well-named. So, yeah, I'm going to have a little play with that and see what comes out of it. Um, Yeah, I didn't really plan on buying that, but I was having such a lovely chat with Katie at Blacker Yarns that... um, They just kind of fell in my basket. And the other thing that fell in my basket from Blacker Yarns was some of their Llanwynog four-ply. Now, uh, Llanwynog is a Welsh um, breed and it's been woolen spun and this is at some point undoubtedly going to come up on the Knit British um, wool exploration. It's not in for this year's. But um, it will come up at some point. And even if it doesn't, it's one that I want to have swatched and known about. And I had some hand spun of it that Sharon had given me. And so I wanted to be able to test out the hand spun against some um, kind of industrial uh, woolen spun. So I will be having a play with that at some point in the future as well. But what tends to happen with all of these rare breeds things is that when it comes available, you kind of have to jump on it and get it and keep it in your stash until you need it because the nature of the rare breeds is that their population numbers can escalate uh, and they can also go into decline, so when you see it, get it. Um, So that was everything that I bought from from Mollfest. I was actually quite restrained. In part because I knew I was heading up to Fife and uh, I kind of knew that I was going to head to a local yarn shop. There's one that is about half an hour from where Matthew's dad lives. It's in a gorgeous wee town in Fife called Pit and Ween. If you're ever up that way, one, the town is beautiful in its own right. But this um, local yarn shop, it's called the Woolly Brew. It's really nice, really lovely little shop. And uh, again, more photos of that in episode 32 if you want to know a little bit more about it. So um whilst she carries a lot of the commercial stuff, so she's got um soks in there. I got two um two colours of socks So I got the almondine colourway and also the topaz colourway because they reminded me of Kingfisher colours. So that burnt orange and that topaz blue, I loved them together. So they're going to be socks. But she also has things like the Fibre Company, um, Rico. She's got Debbie Bliss that she's working through. Um, I think she had Lang Wall in there. She's got some Jameson's and Smith's colours in there. Really a bit of everything. Um, or it might have been Jameson's, but one of, one of the Shetland brands. But she also had some local stuff in there which I thought was quite interesting because it's from the Fiskmillan Fibres, um, it's basically a farm that's got Romneys and it's local to her so it's just up the road, it's actually just not that far from where Matthew's dad lives So, and I think it's an open farm so next time I go up I might, I might go along to the farm and see if they've got anything going on So I got 100 grams of that, 50 grams in their natural Romney colour and 50 grams in mustard and I plan to make these into a colour colour work hat I think. Um, But I thought it would just be interesting to try local Romney in Scotland compared to Romney that is kind of out and inhabits the marshes in and around Romney. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to see the difference between the two. And if ever I go into a local yarn shop and I see that they're doing something different, um, kind of away from the commercial yarns, then I like to be able to support that because I want them to keep on bringing different. Different is interesting to me. And what, one of the, the things that they had that was really different was um, some French wool now this breed, I probably want to butcher this, but I think you pronounce it um, Solignot. It's S-O-L-O-G-N-O-T. And it is a primitive French breed, it's a hardy breed. And basically, from what Fiona was telling me at the Woolly Brew, I think it's a bit of a, um, a sheep cooperative. This used to be one of the main breeds in France, it was exported all over the place. And it's now not, and it's in decline. And so I think the way it was was a bunch of producers got together to get enough of a clip together to be able to have it spun. And um, somebody that Fiona knows locally goes over to um, France, knows about this cooperative, and brings her some of the wool back. And the Sologne breed comes in slightly different colours, and so there she actually has three colours available. And it comes in two different weights. So I got two of the colours. A light fawn and then a slightly darker fawn. But that's exactly what I'm talking about in yarn shops. I would never have come across this anywhere else. She doesn't sell online. She can do mail order if you ask. But this isn't on her website. And this is the sort of stuff that you only come across. If you go to a yarn show. Or you um, go into a local yarn shop. And see what it is that they're offering. I love that this has got such a nice story behind it. And that there are a bunch of shepherds and shepherdesses that are trying to keep this breed going, and that it's ended up in a little corner of Scotland from France through a cooperative. That makes me really happy, and I can I just couldn't say no to this. Um I actually went to the uh, yarn shop with one of Matthew's sisters and her mum, which she's kind of Matthew's stepmum kind of, it's a, it's an odd situation um, but with his sister's mum they're both wooly wooly people um, I've been to Edinburgh Yarn Festival with Alex Matthew's stepmom before now She's, they're just fabulous people and we definitely have wool and knitting and crochet in common so it was really nice to spend some time with them and to come across all of these different little fibres that I otherwise would have been none the wiser of that's quite a lot of wool I do wonder if you guys see me bringing in all of this wool and wonder what on earth I do with it. But um, I'm sure what you also see is that I am highly productive and I always have projects on the go and I get through an awful lot of yarn Um, and stuff may stay in my stash for a couple of years. That's fine, I know it's there, I'm quite happy. I'm, I'm big on curating my stash and knowing where the holes are and filling those up. Um, everything will be used everything has an end purpose I just might not know what it is yet and I love having stuff that is just there and one day it calls to me and the right pattern hits me and I think oh, you're going to be that that's that's how I like to work so I've also been given some very nice things by some very nice people Lisa who um, donated the stitch markers for the cow. Also sent me three lovely stitch markers. You can never have enough stitch markers. When I started out, I felt the same way about stitch markers that I did about project bags. I was like, unnecessary, absolute faff. What are these people spending their money on? And then I got it. And now I love it. And I can't help myself. I love having nice things and um, to support my projects. I also had a very lovely parcel come through the post <laughs> from Ali. At um, Little Drops of Wonderful Popas. She gave me a dodgy bag. <laughs> she crocheted me a yellow. Obviously. Because you know she loves yellow. I love mustardy yellow. That's what she's done. And I have a badge with the member of the dodgy bag uh, club on it. Which uh, Claudia from Crochet Luna podcast had pulled together. I love it. I didn't have time to take part in that um, make along. But I'd sent Ali a... a bag because she's been having a fatal time of it as well and so she sent me my dodgy bag back which is just lovely, it was a nice surprise to get through the post I also saw Tanya at Woolfest as of TJ Frog fame and for those of you that live in the UK this is a complete aside but you might be interested, Um, I'm trying to encourage Tanya to come and do a workshop in my local area on making Dorset buttons um so I'll put more detail about that out as and when I know what's happening, but I'm I'm hoping that we can get that going and Tanya can come and teach us all. I've got the location sorted. We just need to pin Tanya down to a date. So if you fancy doing in and around the kind of crew M6 area, junction 1716 of the M6, a Dorset Button Workshop, it's coming. <laughs> Um, and she brought me back from America on her trips a really lovely um, notebook, which is 100% post-consumer waste recycled pages made in America and printed with soy ink. Love it. I really... Like, I love it when people... That sounds rude. I don't love it when people just give you things. I don't mean it like that at all. It's lovely to receive things, and it's particularly lovely to receive things when people know you and know what it is that makes you tick and you know yellow bags gorgeous handmade stitch markers and um, recycled project bags and Japanese knitting and crochet books are definitely things that make my um, boxes go tick 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 and um, this was from my friend uh, Marie and she um, sent this to me and it is gorgeous. There is a whole thing about um kind of Japanese patterns at the moment and the Japanese cable books that you can get. This is the first one that I've seen that has got um crochet content in it as well. And I've had a good flick through this and really love the layout of it. And the styling is really quite different. Um and it's it's in English, so it's very readable. Everything is charted out. Even all of the um, crochet stuff. That's all charted out. Really beautiful book. Really, really beautiful book. And it's got 23 patterns. Um, yeah. So, I need to work out what I'm going to make from this. But So, in um, this month's quick news beats, I just have one thing for you. Which is the next load of global hookups. It's going to be this Saturday. So, if you're listening on the 6th of July... It's tomorrow. It's the seventh of July, and it's an eight thirty p.m. start. It will probably go on for about an hour to an hour and a half because we've got guests in this weekend. I'm still doing the hookup because I booked you guys in first. Um. So that's yeah Saturday, the seventh of July at eight thirty p.m. British Summer Time. And then what I did last month was I did another one on the Sunday morning which seemed to work really well because it meant on the Saturday evening that suited people that were kind of in and around Europe and the Sunday morning one which is on the 8th at 9am British summertime that worked really well for the folk that were over through in Australia and also Claudia who is a Nighthawk was coming in from San Diego so... <laughs> We had people from either side, and um, that worked really well. So, whenever possible, I will do a double global hookup one on the Saturday night and one on the Sunday morning. What that also means is that we have um, fewer people in the hookup, which actually works really nicely as well. Not trying to discourage any of you at all, Would love to see you there, but it's um, more manageable, more people speak up. When we've got fewer numbers in there. And it's just it's lovely. So do come along and join us. For whichever one works for you. I'll put the details out on Instagram again. And they're already up in the Ravelry thread. So come and craft with us. It's good fun. Um, yeah that's that's it for quick news beads. Big ups. Long term Crochet Clan. Listener and watcher Tamara has moved back to the UK from Texas, from um, Houston. So, welcome home, Tamara. I cannot wait until we actually get to meet up face-to-face. It's going to be uh, lovely. We've tried to kind of loosely meet up every summer when she's come back to the UK, and it just hasn't happened. So, I love the idea that finally we're going to meet face-to-face. She was one of the first people to really engage with the podcast, so I'm really chuffed that she's back in the UK with our family. Um, And also my friend and tech editor extraordinaire, Deb from Find Me Knitting, is opening up a local yarn shop over at um, Bittescoid in North Wales. She's managed to secure a location over the summer months, which is great because I mean she gets to dip her toe in it, but she opens up on Friday. So I'm over there on Sunday to go and see the shop and um, record a little bit in it and see what it's like and just offer her, like, much positivity and um kind of cheerlead her on with her next part of her woolly uh, venture. I'm so chaffed. She sells online already at Find Me Knitting, but for her, for her to br- have bricks and mortar is what she's always wanted to do. So I'm just so pleased that she's managing to realise that. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get over there on Sunday and... Give her a hug and see how her shop is coming along. So if you're ever in that area, um, it's in Unit 2, the Royal Oak Stables in Coid. Great part of Wales as well. If you're over there, there's a lot to do, especially if you like high adventure. If you like throwing yourself off of um, telegraph poles or doing treetop tree top trails or um, ziplining there's an awful lot of that stuff in and around Betisicoid and then you can go to a wool shop and calm yourself down, we have done almost everything that is available in that area um, including going ziplining through caves there's so much high adventure stuff that you can do Matthew and I have done all of it and it's a great location to go to on a day trip or a, a great weekend away. We go to, to um, Betisicoid, go and see them Um. Also, last month, I put a call out to ask you who you felt were the most positive crafting magazines in terms of um, being inclusive. So, which were the ones that were showing off different sizes, different age groups, different races? And there were three, really, that came back. Two of them I had already mentioned. So, they were Pompon Quarterly and Knitting Magazine are two of the ones that are really inclusive. And the third one that I was getting feedback on was interweave crochet. So apparently they're really good. And in particular, they're really good at giving um, different sizes and much uh, a much wider range of sizes and also modelling them properly so showing how the different sizes really look on people. Much more representative of the crafting community than most of the other publications out there. So if you want to support... Um, magazines actually are inclusive and are representative then at the moment you are really looking at pom-pom quarterly knitting and interweave crochet according to the feedback that I got back from you lovely people. If I find any more that I think are really good then I'll highlight them here because I think it's worth highlighting. On to J'adore. I've got two things for you and one of them is tv related. We have flown through Um, Grace and Frankie which is a sitcom set in San Diego every time I see them I'm looking out for Claudia, I'm sure it's not actually shot in San Diego but in my head I'm looking for Claudia and yarn shops and bits that I might recognise from her Um, what I really love about this programme is it's set with a much older age group so um, the stars in it are Jane Fonda Martin Sheen uh, Lily Tomlin and Sam Waterson and it's really funny and it just has a totally different twist on people that are on their 70s and the reality of it and the premise is two um, couples get divorced because the two guys are actually having a, a good relationship with each other and it's it's just so funny um, Lily Tomlin in particular is just flaming hilarious I love her character, she's Frankie um, and you know, Martin Sheen, he's just so good. My only issue is I can't unsee him as Jed Bartlett from the West Wing. He is always Jed Bartlett. His mannerisms, they're clearly the mannerisms of Martin Sheen. But he's Jed Bartlett. He is POTUS. He is the President of the United States. That's what he is. He's just, he's always going to be that in my mind. Loved the West Wing. Loved, loved Jed Bartlett. Um. Yeah. So if you haven't come across it and you want something that's funny, really quite sassy, and um, there's quite a bit of swearing in it, it's, I just love the idea that you've got kind of seventy year old women uh, swearing and having not the retirement home life that TV um, comedies usually portray. It really flips that on its head. I love the concept of it, and it's written by. Um, Marta Kaufman who wrote Friends so, you know, good lineage, really like it witty, dialogue, great actors, great TV series to go and watch if you want something light fluffy but funny Um, the second thing that I'm adoring is working with non-wool yarns it's summer and it's really hot and I can feel the difference when I go from something that is like a pure wool to something that's got something else blended in it, it's a lot cooler to work with and I'm really enjoying experimenting with different non-wool yarns Um, I am woolly girl through and through you know you'll never take the sheepiness out of me but it's been really nice to experiment with some other yarns that are available um, I still have a piece that I want to do on vegan yarns and that's kind of brewing in the background and that will be a huge part of that and that's really what I've started with as well it's not just about the summer it's about trying different blends that don't have any wool content in them um, but that's going to be a much bigger piece and a much longer piece and one that I'm building into at the moment so yeah it's been really nice to work with kind of cotton and linen mixes and see what I like and what I don't like it's the same as working with different sheep breeds. You see some that you love, and others that you think, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with you. You are not my woolly friend." <laughs> right, folks. We have finished episode thirty one. Is done. Um, I hope you have a lovely month. Like I say, episode thirty two is there if you want something that's a bit less, um, kind of finished object focus, but you just want to know a bit more detail about what's been going on. Um. Then that's there for your viewing and listening pleasure. I hope you're all having a great um, summer. Um, If you've got children, they're not going to be driving you too wild throughout the summer holidays. (laughs) Uh, And that this gorgeous weather continues because it's really lovely out there. And I might just have to go and sit with a cup of tea and my lunch. And uh, sit out under the parasol for a half an hour.